0: welcome to get in the herd and i'm joyce bronson and we got with us some special guests we've got dr diane kaufman and she is a poet artist and child psychiatrist so all sorts of titles there and we have ashley jackson who is a big fan so we're all here welcome diane thank you glad to be here well we're definitely uh glad to have you here are you are you you're calling in now from what oregon is that right yes i'm in oregon how oh much? wow. Yeah. Well, in Portland? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And you were from New Jersey
1: originally or yeah, um, I'm actually originally from Long Island. Oh. Um, and uh, then uh, I was at in New Jersey uh, for twenty eight years uh, because I was working at the University of Medicine and Dentistry of New Jersey at the Newark campus. Uh, for 28 years and uh, had been medical director of a a couple of programs and um, started something called uh, creative arts healthcare. And I had a poetry and medicine day and a cry of the heart poetry contest. Uh, And I moved to Oregon seven years ago because my daughter Emma had a baby, and oh. I wanted to be part of the family. And very oh. and now, uh, her baby uh, Nori, who likes to be called Lulu, is seven years old, and she has a brother Mateo and they live about fifteen minutes away. So,
0: oh, that's awesome! like
1: yeah, from
0: New Jersey yeah. to Oregon. <laughs> And also in uh, in New Jersey, I was actually I read up a little bit on you, you know, just so I can kind of familiarize myself. And I know you have a um a permanent display poem in the at the nine one one memorial. I mentioned it because nine one one Dewey just passed, and I thought that was awesome.
1: Yeah, that, yeah, I the uh, with nine one one, I remember. Um, well, UMDNJ was having like emergency services. For uh, families uh, affected by 911. And I remember meeting a family where uh, it must have been like the next day, um, where one, there were two sisters that were working there, okay. and one sister had not gone into work, and one sister perished going into work. Oh, and okay. I had another patient. Who from her school had seen across the water um, the uh, explosions? Uh, it was a terrible time, just terrible. And the um, I wrote two poems on nine one one. The first poem. The psychiatry department had a grand rounds, and it was conducted by I think it was through the Red Cross, and it was talking about emergencies, trauma in reference, of course, to 9-11. And someone next to me nudged me and said, you should write a poem about this. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a poem and the poem was about um, to remember someone's name. Mm Oh, wow. That was a powerful. In the midst of that terror to also identify and remember the individual. And I think the poem that was on permanent display was um, one that I wrote a couple of years later, which was like in remembrance that we should ne- the day, this is the day that we should never forget.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I saw that and I was like, wow, just with the just uh just passing and, and then seeing that, I was like, wow, that's, you know, it's kind of awesome that I got to meet you on this day. Um, I just wanted to bring that up some. Now, I understand we've got some videos that he wants to show in regards to you. Um, do you want to show the first one and we can kind of talk about
1: that and go from there? Yeah, well, I, I, I can do a little bit of an intro. Um, I think my first one is called Desperate Love. Uh, and uh, Many, if not all, the poems that I write are personal poems, um, but they also have a larger context. Uh, so I wrote this poem and um, I was I was volunteering at Integrity House at that time. I think it became a video like years and years later, but I wrote the poem around the time I was also volunteering at Integrity House in Newark. as a an alcohol and drug rehab program. Okay. Uh, and when when I read the poem, which is kind of a rap poem, okay. um, I received a standing ovation from the residents. So oh, that's uh bleed into the video.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, here we go. Thank you.
3: There is a thing called desperate love when you haven't gotten enough or too little of it grabs you tight and won't let you go. You find yourself doing things you never thought you'd do.
4: Chasing that love all over the place. You don't want to, but you have to. Feeling so bad about yourself running that race, you just can't quit. Tears on your face. Raising up that fist, raging about your fate, demanding why, 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 why me, oh
3: lord. But there's never an answer, just another score To be conquered,
4: legs spread heartache Wanting love to come inside Resenting all them smiling faces Imagining they got it all And you done lost it Not knowing why or how come So you crying, wish your life would end There is this thing called desperate love It eats you up, it spits you out It won't stop coming till you stop hurting Yourself and blaming others Get down on your knees, admit the truth You lost that battle, you were through. You never did get what you were looking for. Try as you might, with all your might, you never find light in darkest nights. So look at yourself and see what you're doing. Desperate love is a terrible price to pay for what has happened to you. But it can all change in the blink of an eye. Accept the truth, avoid the lies, don't hide. We've all got wounds and scars. From living life, don't keep looking back. Get on with your life, you've done nothing to feel so desperate about. Stop being afraid. Let your love shine out, but don't ever forget the wisdom you earn from all of your pain. It's your reward. Don't be ashamed. Be true to yourself and faithful to God. For someone else's desperate love will search you out, swallow you up, and not let you out. Making you learn all over again. About that thing called desperate love. Come on now, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? It's that thing called body love. Some call hot love. Some call soul passion. Some call love addiction. I call it desperate love. Look, but do not touch. I'm a survivor of desperate love. And I know what I'm talking about, so I suggest all you hurting
3: women and men out there wise up real fast cuz this life of ours is guaranteed not to last It's
4: time limited warranty the clock is ticking the alarm is sounded don't go back sleep and hear what I'm saying when you finally get the truth about love you're gonna feel much better and desperate love will be a thing of the past and that hole in your heart will start to heal and you'll feel alive whether together or apart take my word on it
3: or do much better than that live it for yourself So if you know what's best for you, listen up, do
4: what's right I know you know what I'm talking about Desperate love only loves to lie One day you'll see it for yourself, until then be wise And learn from someone else's mistakes
3: Desperate love, your history, baby, and now you're gone, life can go on And
4: who's laughing last? Why everyone who hears this poem that you alone inspired And for that, I give you gratitude And thank you From the very bottom of Of my my heart
0: that was awesome
3: is a thing called death love
1: when yep you can uh stop it now <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was
0: awesome
1: i'm curious was- to know your reaction to that yeah. having seen it for the first time actually um let me ask ashley because you know i i kind of see a lot
0: of you in that story right. wow what do you feel when you saw it
5: like it, it was really powerful. And then it reminded me of like one of the poems in your um, 15 poems book, where it's like the hole in my heart. And it just, coming out of a situation like that, it, it's crazy how you can put into words exactly what I could feel and couldn't understand what I was feeling. But you just put it into words perfectly, and mm-hmm. it starts to make sense.
1: Yeah. Would, would you mind? Could, could you read the hole in the heart poem? Yes.
5: So there's a hole in my heart. I keep forgetting where it was. I thought it was between my legs. I wanted you there to fill me up. There's a hole in my heart. I keep forgetting where it was. I thought it was in my mind. I beg God, please fill me up. There's a hole in my heart. I kept forgetting where it was. I thought it was my eyes. I prayed for visions to take the black away. There's a hole in my heart. I kept forgetting where it was. I thought it was missing you, and all I could do was cry. There's a hole in my heart. I kept forgetting where it was. Sometimes feeling it grow larger, it swallows me up. There's a hole in my heart. I kept forgetting where it was. A hole in this heart, a hole in my heart, a hole in a heart. There's a...
1: And it goes on and on. Yeah. Yeah.
5: So it just, I mean, it means a lot to me that Somebody else could not that I'm not alone in those feelings. And because when you're in those feelings, you don't think that anyone will understand or there's no way to talk about it. But with your poem and like the writing prompts that you put after it, it gives you space to get that out and write it cathartically.
1: Yeah, and and it's like a double entendre with the word to write write it, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can write the wrong, as it were. Exactly. Uh, Could you read the writing prompt too?
5: Sure. Sometimes we run away from our own pain into the arms of another because we want them to fill all the holes in us. When they don't because they can't, we get angry or sad or run off with another lover. What holes are you trying to fill up through love, sex, drugs, and other addictions? Where did your emptiness come from and what needs to happen so you can feel so you can feel you wholeness again?
1: Yeah. yeah. I think that there's a um, there's a power in art making uh, because you can take or you can potentially take your experiences and make some good use of them, right? You, right? you can express it, you can draw it, you can sing it, you can dance it, you can put it together in new ways.
5: Yeah. So I have a question. So when did poetry become a part of your life and like what yeah. made you draw to that?
1: Mm, good question. Um, well, my mother, Wrote poetry. She called them verses, but she wrote. Um, my mother used poetry as her diary, and and so she wrote. When when she had died, I inherited. Um, what was it? It was like a thirty volumes of a, a hundred poems per vol- volume of typed poetry. Um, which covered like all all of her life and a a lot of her pain. Mm -hmm. Um, I also wanna say, and I I say it with some embarrassment, but there must've been a reason I did what I did. When I was a girl, I plagiarized two poems. Uh, I was a young girl in elementary school and one of those one of those poems, which was about the moon, um, was published in like a student journal. Um, Outside of the school, I think it like got published. the The poems were anonymous, so at least I didn't necessarily steal <laughs> it from, like a person with a name. But you know, they, obviously, it was written by somebody, and I and I should not have done what I did. Um, but um, I think I must have been seeking attention. You know, I I wasn't a bad child. I think I was unhappy and needed love and attention. And it's interesting that I was drawn towards poetry even at that young age. So I also use that experience looking at at the kind of the arc of my life because um, that was when I was, I don't know, like eight or nine years old and now I'm 68 years old. And I could say the girl who st- who plagiarized the poetry and got caught. Um, my mother was very understanding. She was a child guidance counselor. My father was very, very angry. Um, but I, I ended up years later being the keynote speaker at the National Association for Poetry Therapy. So it just goes oh, wow. to show you that you that your future holds infinite possibilities. Wow, that's
0: awesome. And it, and it's um, so is now I know that there you've had some other poetry and other things that you've written. Um, some actually stuff that's gotten famous. I see one of them <laughs> I, you know, I told you i did my research uh, birds that wants to fly it was a child <laughs> opera, and it was uh narrated by danny glover
1: right yeah. <laughs> it was pretty amazing that was many years ago mm-hmm. uh, when I was back in new jersey um i went to a arts and healing workshop um and um i'm not going to remember the full mnemonic but it was like some It was something called TAM, T-A-A-M. It was like expressive arts organization. And the the group was like regular people coming for their own healing. Uh, There was an art therapist and a uh, creative arts uh, therapist. and uh, in that, it was very interesting, in that we had kind of warm up exercises of like throwing a ball to each other and like mirroring each other and you know, things to kind of warm us up. And then we were asked to use our non-dominant hand. So that's my left hand, I'm a righty. So my left hand, take three pieces of paper and sort of imagine they are three parts of yourself then we were instructed not to specifically draw something but just just to make scribbles on the page with like a crayon and then out of the scribbles to see if you saw something um and pull it out and out of those three scribbles i pulled out a bird i drew it and i you had to title it i called it bird that wants to fly the second one looked like a horse. I made it into a horse. I called it beautiful animal that you are, and then I changed it to I Am. And the third was a loosy loop, and I made and it had, I made it into a roller coaster with an entry sign with the words please enter. Then we were asked to stand in the center of a circle. And embody and speak for the image. So, all this is called active imagination through this um, very wonderful psychiatrist, Carl Gustav Jung. Um, and so, I embodied them and I spoke for the bird, the horse, and the roller coaster, which, of course, are all three parts of myself. Uh, and then we were asked to write, and I wrote the story in the workshop. From first word to last word without an edit. Uh, and then, uh, and then it, the workshop ended with actually like a sculpture. Um, I, I was, there were the people in the group um, became parts of the story, and I could position them any way that I wanted um, with the help of the facilitators. And then a while later, uh, so I had just written the story, and it was just a story for healing for myself. And then, because I like the story, and sometimes your creations are like your babies, you wanna dress them up and take them out. And I thought, well, this could, you know, it, it, I'd, love, I'd love to see it illustrated. And I happened to see, I had taken an expressive arts training program in Newport, Rhode Island, uh, Salva Virginia University it had like a weekend thing. and we, I was going back and forth on weekends. And um, I had signed up for their college catalog and I was like one day I'm reading their college catalog and I saw a a young woman named Olia who was you know obviously in her 20s um she had just graduated college and she was an artist and she had done and uh illustrated a book on zoo animals and I liked her art so there I am in um in New Jersey and I called up Rhode Island to the university and I said find Olia for me and and we connected and Olya created the illustrations for the book. Uh, and that was a wonderful process initially, because uh, I saved all the drawings. Initially, Olya had drawn a very fierce, angry deject, you know, bird. Like depressed but angry. And and I said, Oh no, we want the forlorn, you know, depressed bird.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: took a picture of my little pony and I sent it to her. And I said, you know, it can't look like my little pony, yeah. it's copyrighted, but I wanted the best of the feminine and the best of the masculine to be. In in the in the horse because the the horse represents the inner self, you know? and 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 then so it became illustrated, and then there was um, it's like one thing leads to the next. Um, There was an art exhibit at the hospital for anyone who worked there or volunteered there. And I had um, Olya's storyboard of pictures and one finished picture and one that was in process and it was all on display. And I had met Kevin Maynard who had won a grant for his organization, Trilogy and Opera Company. And the hospital had won an award Uh, for getting a computer animation artist to work with sickle cell patients. Um, And I was kind of representing the hospital at at receiving the award meeting. And I um, saw, I didn't know anybody at the meeting, but I went over and said hello to, to... Kevin, um, who was looking at his um, laptop at something. And and I said hello to him. And it ended up he was an opera singer at, in Newark and had founded an opera company. And at this point, I had begun creative arts healthcare at the university. I'll tell you all because I wanted to form a community that I fit in with. Mm-hmm. Right? So I was trying to develop I was trying to find my friends. <laughs> and I, I when I invited Kevin to come to the university because I was I was going, I was talking to him about could he and and his troupe perhaps give performances at the hospital, part of creative arts healthcare. And it just so happened that was when there was the art exhibit. And I wanted Kevin to understand that I was not just a medical doctor that I was an artist like he was. And so we walked over to the medical sciences building and he uh, he's a very towering figure of a man, he's a very, very tall guy. And he literally was tapping his finger on the glass of every word of my story. And he turned to me and he goes, this would make a beautiful children's opera and in the in the foyer of the Medical Sciences Building, he called up Michael Raphael, the composer, mm-hmm. and that's how it became an opera. Wow. And, and a friend of Trilogy was Danny Glover, or is Danny Glover, and he narrated the story. So, wow. and then and then in coming to Oregon, I thought it would make a beautiful puppet performance. And, and I ended up meeting a uh, puppeteer uh first name's chris with pacific puppetry and the story very much spoke to her uh and so you know when it speaks to you you get passionate about doing something and and she wrote for an oregon um uh, what's it called arts and culture council type grant regional arts and culture council grant and she received the grant to pay for the uh, transforming it into a puppet performance so it became it became a puppet show where she was like she, she's singing the bird she's singing the horse um and we were to debut in June of 2020 at the library in downtown Portland, but because of the pandemic, we couldn't do that. So we had our our debut on her driveway Uh (laughs) with a couple of children and parents. Uh, And then we ended up doing it online too. So I don't know, in sharing this, I guess it, it can get inspiring because one thing leads to the next and there's a healing energy with some of these um, arts projects.
0: Absolutely, I mean, your stories that you tell, I mean, that I've heard so far is like just with one idea and then, you know, it's countless possibilities that it can turn into. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, Diana, is there, now, uh, Diana, I mean, excuse me, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Now we, I think we have another video Mm -hmm. getting ready to show, can you tell us about that one a little bit?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I remember when Bobby Christina Brown tragically died, the daughter of Whitney, and Whitney Houston's death was just terrible. Um, I just remember being very, very sad, like tremendously sad about the loss of both of them Um, and in kind of working out like a, a sense of grief you know you know of course i did not know them personally but their yes. stories of what could have been and then what happened was just so terrible that you know i think i use writing to find solace but also in there can be a comfort in writing something because you can you can express it, you can change it, you can find the right word, you can structure it, you can erase it, you can throw it away, you can you can go back to it. And also in describing even something so sad and terrible, there can be a certain sense of accomplishment, like yes, that's how it feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And so I wrote i wrote this a poem and then i shared it uh, with my friend his name's bruno lee um, bruno worked for the hospital and he was um, i think maybe in the payroll department but he also played the trumpet and he uh, used to play the trumpet for patients and he um, became active and interested in creative arts healthcare and we became friends and I shared the poem with him and was asking him if he knew anyone that might be interested in creating a lyric and singing it. Um, and he showed it to some members of his church um, who had like an outreach ministry and they created the song.
0: Oh. And uh, we've got a, a message on here uh, just to re- before we play it. It's such therapy in writing came from Debbie. <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. right, isn't it? Um, you, know, you definitely receive a lot of therapy through writing. I, I, I know I do. I feel like just getting my feelings out on paper helps me tremendously. I'm sorry, which, which video did you want me to play?
1: Um, it's called um, I'm Here in Memory of Love or Got Memories it. of Love.
6: to your arms i'm arriving to the place where i belong distance between us is parted i have journeyed my way to you some may cry when they hear i am gone some may shake their heads and wonder why they don't understand the joy I'm feeling here In your the arms being held so well The pain I was feeling because I was grieving It's a pain I will feel no more The going on without is yesterday gone some may shake their heads and wonder why They don't understand the joy I'm feeling I'm here, I'm here, I'm here No more tears in your eyes I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here Once i aim aiming to die, but here I am Crossed over to the promised land, always hearing voices, singing glory and praise and amen, again and again. Please don't you cry when I am gone, know that I'm where I belong, cannot do what I've done, please try to forgive and just move on, I'm here. Tears in your eyes, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Just say, Amen, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Here Here in your arms, I am sleeping the sweetest dream I've ever dreamed. The dream that I have is one. one. We are together as one, never be parted again. Into your arms, I've arrived to the place where I belong. Distance between us is parted. I have journeyed my way, yes, I have journeyed my way to you, rest in peace, all. By all the tears that you must Just remember you are blessed And so am I Just remember you are blessed But going on without Is yesterday gone Some may shake their heads and wonder why They don't understand the joy I'm feeling i here I'm here, I'm here, I'm here No more tears in your eyes I'm here, I'm here, I'm here Just say Just
2: say amen I'm here, I'm here, I'm here Just take,
6: just take my hand I'm here, I'm here, I'm here here. No more worries Into your arms I'm arriving to the place where I belong
0: That was great. Yeah, that was
5: awesome.
0: <laughs> Man, it seems like everything I'm listening to that comes from you, night's feelings. <laughs> but I, I remember Whitney's passing, I was, you know, I, I definitely was a big fan back then too. And it, it really was, uh, I don't normally feel when a, you know, a pop star or somebody, but I, I kind of felt that one just because I followed her from the 80s to, you know, I mean, when she passed on. Yeah. Not showing my age. Right. Um, so. That's awesome, and uh, you yeah. know, it's a, and I seen your message in the end. Uh, you know, it seems like you do a lot, also not with just the mental health, but you you about people with substance use too. Mm-hmm. I mean
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, did anything prompt yeah. that, or you know, is it just anything you grew up around, or is it just something that you you know? I know that you dealt with a lot of mental health issues around, um, but as far as like anyone with substance use disorder, anybody close
1: to you? Yeah. Or, yeah have been people close to me uh, with um, substance use um, difficulties. When I, this, it goes back actually to when I, literally to when I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was born, um, I I was um, I was sick and I stayed in the hospital. Um, not sure how long, but for maybe a week. Um, I was uh, losing weight and vomiting and they thought I had uh, like a surgical condition called pyloric stenosis, uh, which is part of your intestine is like too tight and it makes you grow up. But it ended up not to be that. But anyway, I was sick. And apparently, from what I was told by my mother and my father, um, uh, my mother uh, thought that I was going to die. And she um, became extremely depressed and was not visiting me in the hospital because she thought I was going to perish. And her doctor gave her dexedrine, which is an amphetamine, which at that point, was being prescribed as an antidepressant medication. And my mother took the medicine, but she didn't like the way it felt. And my father, who um, um, was a chemist,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: um, and had, I believe, an untreated depression, he, for some reason, he tried the dexedrine and he liked the way it helped, it made him feel. And from that point on, he was like a functioning addict. Mm -hmm. And he had someone who worked with him um, who was also a pharmacist and would, I mean, it was illegal, but he was somehow getting him Dexedrine. Uh, So I grew up with a father who was like, addicted Mm -hmm. or functioning. And I can remember, um, you know, you know, if you close, if you close the cabinet too loud, you know, like by accident, you kind of a little bit slammed it, my father would be like screaming, he had an explosive anger. And I I don't know if in any way that was related to the irritability in terms of being on the dexedrine or off the dexedrine or whatever. Um, I I had relationships with men who um, were um, addicted. Uh, my, I, w- I was married for twelve years and then divorced. And um, my uh, husband prior to my knowing him, um, had been uh, treated in Synanon in California, which is a drug rehab program. Um, During the course of our marriage, he uh, um, was very much, and I think too much, smoking marijuana, and he continued to have other forms of addiction. Um, And my daughter developed an addiction problem, but I'm very happy to say she recovered and she's doing very well. So you know, there's been addiction in my life, and also the codependence enabling part okay. of oh, the yeah. Okay. story.
0: Yeah, I you know. um I see some, you know, and then the, and what inspires you to write the particular poems and stuff? The ones I, you know, like I said, I I know a lot of them really related, you know, to me. And, and I, you know, when Ashley was reading it, she was like, wow, that's me, you know? (laughs) And and like you, like she said, when you wrote it, it made her feel like somebody else actually felt it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Like one
5: of the poems that really got to me, because like I've tried to, get recovery like many times. And this time it feels different for me. And like you had this poem. um, You want to read it? Sure. Mm -hmm. Can you read it? You Mm -hmm. had It's called Yesterday My Heart Cracked Open. And it said yesterday my heart cracked open. All birds in the sky flew within. Yesterday my heart cracked open. There was thunder, lightning, downpour rain. My thirsty earth drank it, flowers again. Yesterday my heart cracked open, there were you and I, there was nothing different between us, we were just the same. Yesterday my heart cracked open, there was I, there was nothing, There was that was not different, I will never be the same. Friend, I pray for you, your heart to crack wide open, be not afraid, be free instead. Yesterday my heart cracked open, all birds in the sky flew within, and I like they have wings. And I, like that just really spoke to me because like that's how it felt. It's amazing how you can put everything into words so beautifully.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know, I I wrote, the poems that I wrote were out of life experiences. You know, I, I never on my own, you know, I'm thinking maybe as a child in, in English class, you're like told to write a poem.
2: Yeah. But in
1: my growing up life, all the poems were, because something most often terrible, but you know, some, maybe sometimes good, but in the majority, like heart wrenching, was going on in my life. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I wrote that poem, um, I, uh, I, I was in a relationship uh, with a man who was um, addicted to cocaine. Mm-hmm.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and what's interesting about that poem, too, is that I had put together the poetry workbook, which I originally called, it was called Cracking Up and Back Again, Transformation Through Poetry. Um, And that was when I was volunteering at Integrity. And we're talking about many, many decades ago. Mm -hmm. And I first was doing a woman's creativity group. And then I wanted to do a writing group. But I was I didn't know how I was going to do this, whether I was doing it every other week or twice a week or like how it's going to work out. And I decided to create a workbook for the residents while I made up my mind of what I was doing. And so I remember this very clearly, I um, was in my sort of the room next to my bedroom that used to be my daughter's like nursery, right? Um, And it still had like stars on the roof area on the ceiling. And I was on the floor and I had pulled out all the poems I had written. So I had all these poems on the floor. And then I just sort of prayed for inspiration and I just started grabbing poems and putting them in in a a certain order that I thought made sense. And then I wrote writing prompts to go with the poems and the booklet initially did not have that. the Yesterday My Heart Cracked Open. I wrote that poem after um, I don't know how long after, but it, it must have been, I don't know, within a um, couple of months or something. And then I decided that was actually the end of, of the book. Um, right. And and then many years later, when I was at Salvary, Regina University, which I mentioned to you before, where the connection with that was where I found Olia, right, to do yeah. an illustration. Um, at that certification program for expressive arts, you had to do a final project. And I, and this is an example of like, take like something never ends. You can continue working on it, Mm -hmm. you know, literally and figuratively, like in a sense, your life doesn't end until it does and you can continue working on it, right? So what I did was I decided to go back to the uh, cracking up and back again. And um, I put in a, I created a transformation curriculum. And if you look at the end of the book, it's based on the 12 steps. And I grouped oh, the poetry together and I gave examples of how you could do a workshop with each of them. Oh, wow.
2: That's awesome. and,
1: then, and then I think when I came to Oregon, um, I thought, oh, I know, because I had done the transformation curriculum, but I wanted to re self published the book right and at that so at that point i decided although i really really liked the first title for some reason i decided to call it 15 poems okay. um, and the cover page is actually a photograph that a, a, a um, friend of mine from UMDNJ, um had given me. Uh, and I thought it was interesting the, the way that they, you know, it's it's flowers, but it's it's got that broken glass image to it. And that's how it became like this second volume from Cracking Up. That's and, awesome. I want to, and I want to say that the, uh, the, book um was i I, we did the poetry workbook at integrity house and it it was it was really a wonderful experience for people and we also had um like what was called like new year's eve you know like first night it was first night newark and there was like poetry reading um the workshops have never been implemented Uh, I would love for people to utilize the workbook. I I think that, and and I will also wanna say that I would be interested if other people would be interested through maybe Eventbrite um, um, as a platform in hosting, you know, a cracking up and back again, you know, going through the, the workbook together. Um, I'm, I've started uh, at where I'm working, uh, but it's not my own project, um, the Arts and Healing Resiliency Center. And, I, and what I, I want to sponsor uh, free workshops you know, for people to attend, free. And also, if somebody would like to donate, that would be wonderful because I'd, I'd like to be able to pay the guest speakers. You know, I feel I myself uh, um, I don't need to be paid. There's payment enough in, in just doing it.
0: Right. Where can they get the workbooks? If someone was interested in signing up, how would they sign up to get that?
1: I I know it's on Amazon. I'm sure if you put in the title Mm -hmm. um, uh, 15 Poems to Healing and Recovery and put my name in, it'll pop up. Yeah. And this is what
0: we have. This is what the front looks like, guys. Um, Again, this is the 15 Poems to Healing and Recovery by Diane Kaufman, MD. And um, just so you know, and that Miss Ashley just got a hold of this yesterday, and she's already been through the whole book. <laughs> so she's it's really been into really awesome.
1: it. And it ha- it has some some blank pages in between that a person could write on, but th- that page may be too small, right? You may want right. a larger page. And also, you could you could draw on it. And the whole idea is the poems could inspire a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, a certain image in the poem could speak to you. You know, we've also done things where you could add to the poem, you know, like there's the poem, but you can continue the poem in your own words.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Um, so Diane, I think there's one, and uh, two more videos. I wanna make yeah. sure we get those in this time mm-hmm. that we have. The next video that you want us to play, can you give us a little intro and then the
1: name of it? Yeah, so, um, The two that we saw before, um, they come from many, many years ago, but, you know, continue to be relevant. Uh, They don't give up song animation, and also public service announcement. They're very recent. Um, I wrote the poem, Don't Give Up, um, and it starts off, Don't Give Up, even though you want to. Um, And I wrote that within the last, I don't know, six months, eight months or something. It's very recent. And I think it was related to you know, the, the pandemic uh-huh. is related to, I've continued to see patients online. And um, I'm a, I see, I'm a child psychiatrist and I also can see adults, but my patients are, you know, um, in majority uh, teenagers and maybe upwards into early twenties. So many people feeling anxious, depressed, suicidal, suicide attempts. Uh, and again, as I, I tend to do you know I turn to poetry to put my feelings out there and it, it's about it. what I like about it is that it's honest it's talking about you feel like giving up you want to give up and that's understandable but then there's the other side of why shouldn't you give up um, and i I wrote the poem and then i could I could uh, I'm not Um, like a musician, although poetry is rhythmic, it it, has music in it. Um, But I could hear that there was a song in it. And I reached out to some to a collaborator. Uh, His name was Ramiah Jackson. I had also written a poem about the corona Virus pandemic. I called it coronavirus Y, W H Y. Like, why are you doing this to us? Okay. Um, and um, I, I reached out to Ramaya, and he reached out to a woman named Mia Stegner, um, who is a um, uh, lyricist and singer. And they um, took the poem and uh, turned it into You'll Hear the Song, right? And then, and then I approached um, Lucia. Uh, Martinez Rojas, who's another collaborator. She and I have done many works together. Um, um, Lucia is lives in Colombia, South America, uh, and I shared with her the uh, the song, and um, she created the amazing animation for it. And then um, we uh, decided. Um, or i decided i said lucia let's make it into a public service announcement which i thought like you know how hard can this be like it's only it's only like 45 seconds or a minute right but that was very very challenging to sure, do. Right. and but we were very very happy with how it turned out i think that's the other part of creativity that i like is the whole collaboration process
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, Justin, go ahead and play that one for us. Let's take a look. I'm eager to see.
1: (laughs)
7: give up, though you want to, don't give up on your spirit's light, yes it's dark, but now is not forever, we will make it through together, there will be a better now, even when you don't see how. Life is not the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Life has thorns, but you're the rose meant to flower. The sun sets on yesterday, let it go like nature does. Don't despair, we care. we praise my by love's power. You're not a burden, we're glad you're here. How can we help you stay? you are strong and we're not wrong that you will be okay okay we'll start with today Step takes you far ago, far above far. The Stars are shining The day is sun shines bright Nature's nurture Powers inspires you In this fight Tomorrow's light Is a gift from the night
2: And every time you wonder if you'll ever
7: feel joy again, know for certain it
2: will
7: be alright. There will be a better now, even when you don't see it. Here, let us help you stay. You are strong, and we're not wrong. That you will be okay. Okay, we'll start with today. start
2: with today
0: I love that, Diane. Mm-hmm. It's good. I know a lot of people that it could appeal to. Yeah. So the, yeah
1: the, also, I want to say the end of that video goes a little longer, and uh, it it has it says, "Don't give up. Make the call."
0: Yes. Yes.
1: And I, then I, it, it ends with the suicide prevention lifeline number.
0: Yeah. You. I had some of your um, the postcards for the suicide prevention hotline too. And I apologize, I left those down. I kind of got brushed up here. Um, So we have one more video, and I want to make sure we do it, because it looks like we only have a few more minutes left. Uh, Justin, can you play the last one for us? So, I just love your videos, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. that's the same Mm -hmm.
7: don't give up though you want to don't give up on your spirit's light yes it's dark but now is not forever. We will make it through
2: together.
7: There will be a better now, even when you don't see how.
1: Yeah, 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 so that's the public service announcement.
0: Okay, that's awesome. And I like how it's, you know, you know you're know you emphasized, don't, you know, don't give up, of course, obviously. But, you know, it's just though it's bad now, it gets better. And I think I've seen one other uh, line I liked, um, life isn't the worst thing that's happened to you. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. fact, I have but some is, Yeah,
1: sometimes we feel that way, right. you know. But
0: Everything's then- going wrong that particular day. But you said another phrase earlier, um, you know, every day, yeah. Uh, you know, one project is you can always improve on it, you know, something like that along the lines of that earlier. And that's like kind of what I tell, you know, a lot of people, I'm sure I've told you actually every day that you're alive is a day that you can make a change and an improvement, you know, something that's happened before. Mm
5: -hmm. And I like how it, it said you're not a burden and to let other people help you. Cause especially when you're in that state of where you feel like giving up, you feel like even asking for help, like, you're burdening people exactly. or like, they don't have time to deal with it. So I like that part of it.
1: And I, I added that specifically because I've heard that so many times, mm-hmm. you know, from people who are depressed or suicidal that they feel like a burden. Um, they don't wanna to talk to people about it. And also they start to feel like they're going to be helping people by killing themselves, Yeah, which is absolutely not true. And it was it was it was interesting in the song because um, uh, Mia had added the chorus to to the poem um, and had uh, she would used the word okay like it's going to be okay and I, I was thinking about this being a conversation that, the, that the, it's not only a song, it, you're, it's an experience of a conversation between two people. And mm-hmm. that I added the second okay, like it's going to be okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> right? So that was meaningful to do.
0: Absolutely. Like, it's beautiful. It is. Diana, um, we definitely thank you for coming. I want you to, if you have any closing thoughts or anything that you would like anyone to know out here, um, you know, we aren't a big platform. A lot of people hear
1: us, and oh, you know, um... yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm very glad to be here, yeah. um, and I guess if, if I feel that the the work that um, I and others have been, in a way, um, gifted, you know, to do. Um, The most meaningful part is when it's being um, taken in and used in positive ways by people who can benefit from it. So um, I I know that the Don't Give Up song can help people. So if if anyone has ideas uh, for sharing it, um, I have a Facebook page. It's the Arts and Healing Resiliency Center. um, I have my. I can um, share an email address. It's it's Dr. Diane D. R. D. I. A. N. E. At Mind Matters M. I. N. D. M. A. T. T. E. R. S. P. C. For Professional Corporation dot com. Um, So if if anyone has ideas for sharing the material, the um, um, I would. I would love to have the 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 um, video you saw had um, Spanish subtitles to it, mm-hmm. and what the uh, and I've been on Facebook like uh, promoting it and doing Facebook ads. Um, the the Spanish version is not getting as much play as it ought to. So if there are you know Hispanic Latino people in the audience that can connect it with um, um, organizations or, or that community, that would be, you know, wonderful. Uh, and again, if a- anyone is interested, and I'm not sure if the Shin Foundation could help sp- sponsor this in some way, but for, for there to be a um, cracking up and back again, 15, 16 week, you know, weekly program or whatever, I'd be very happy to participate in that. I also wanna say that this Sunday, um, uh, on the Eventbrite platform. Uh, it's called, a tour, I think it's called the Tour of Heartbreak. Uh, you could look up um, the Arts and Healing Resiliency Center, but Uh, Pacific time, 1 p.m., 1 p.m. to uh, 2.30. There's going to be a free poetry therapy type workshop. It's facilitated by Sherry Ryder, who was my poetry therapy mentor. And uh, it's really going to be amazing. She's an amazing person and facilitator. And it's free. (laughs) And, and And it's very enjoyable to be creative and to be in the company of creative people.
0: Thank you so much, Diane. It was such a pleasure meeting you. Um, you've touched a lot of lives, and I know you do so every day with just your, your poetry that you have. Um, again, thank you so much. And um, we're going to get those uh, the, her email and everything posted on here as well. All mm-hmm. right. You have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
3: Welcome to Get in the Herd, a podcast about addiction and recovery brought to you by the McShin Foundation. If you or a loved one are looking for real discussions about addiction, recovery, stigma, advocacy, and most importantly, hope, then stick around. Thanks for joining us. Now sit back and get ready for another great episode of Get In The Herd.
8: I am the CEO of the McShen Foundation and a woman in long term recovery since May 27, 2007. I have not used drugs or alcohol. Woo-woo. Thank you so, so much to the Richmond Times Dispatch and all of our voters for Getting the Herd podcast. Those podcasts are amazing. Not only has it helped thousands upon thousands of people in their recovery, as well as family members, but it has helped me in my personal recovery. I get to listen to them now in my car, through Spotify and iHeartRadio. And it's just really, really important for us to be innovative in the addiction field and the recovery community. So when COVID hit, we had to be innovative. You know, We really had to think of like, what can we do to reach people that cannot go to 12-step meetings? Smart recovery, faith-based, whatever—that um, we're shutting down constantly. So we were innovative here at McShane. Let's start podcast. So with Todd, John, Alex, um, and some other staff, you know, we all just kind of jumped in. Who can do what? And um, with Todd's lead and John's lead, the podcasts have been amazing, and we're still doing them today. So I want to thank you for all of your votes, and all of your energy, and all of your support of our mission of healing families and saving lives. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.